the next night because we we was outside playing the next day as kids we out playing and stuff that next night is when the water came and that's when the problem starting to happen we didn't have no lights but that was to be expected but the next night the water was to the roof like the second floor of the building we had to you know float the kids in swimming pools and stuff and walk but before that even happened before the water even got too high they was looting and stuff off canal street you know everybody had like fresh tenders and stuff so it wasn't even that bad when the water came but once it got higher <laughs> it was like hold on we gotta get the fuck <laughs> and then that's when we kind of start going into um they started sending people with the boats and we got picked up by one of the boats that brought us to the superdome uh, my mama was like, we wasn't standing in the Superdome because they had too much going on up in there. They had raping and people was dying. They had no lights. You couldn't see. They had no water, no sewers or nothing. So we ain't going to Superdome. Right across the street <clears throat> from the Superdome is a Greyhound bus station. And it had like a parking lot. So uh, one of the guys that we was with, my mama friend, boyfriend, I want to say, we wanted, he ended up hot wiring the Astro van and then we got out and went to Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, yeah. you know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, we look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon. Today, I have a very special guest here on the show. Um, we have someone coming from one of the uh, most popular cities, um, I would say, here in the United States. Uh, one of the tourist places, one of the places people go to party, have an amazing time, and they have one of the most unique cultures. Um, I'm talking about the Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. We have a, a resident, a native. Miss um, Kevin here is on the show. She's going to talk about um, a lot of things, but I'll let you introduce yourself to the people. Um, just tell them a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Um, my name is Kevian. Everybody calls me Kevy. And like you said, I am from NOLA. Born and raised and probably never going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Talk about that. That's a, that's a bold statement. People say where they're from. You say you never leave. And why? I say no do what? I say you say you never leave. And why? I say that's a bold statement. Like Because... Um, everybody food nasty every time I go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of tourists say that as well. That's what's funny. A lot of tourists would say that. And I just miss home whenever I leave for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, so <laughs> what's one of your favorite things about New Orleans besides the food? Our culture, there's always something to do. Like the people around the city always love, despite, you know, what they got going on in the news and stuff with the killings. For the most part, everybody in New Orleans is really friendly, really down to earth, really loving, really caring. All have a story to tell. So I just love my city for that reason. We like a big family. Yeah. We can recognize each other out the crowd <laughs> when we go somewhere, you know. So, yeah, it's just one big family yeah. despite the bullshit. Nah, nah, for sure. And, and just diving into that culture, what's the music scene like? You know, I know y'all have a deep... Uh, a music culture that you know we see through the funeral processions that happen through the hip hop music um, through the what's it the, uh, called the front line all that the second, second line, line. <laughs> that's called front line <laughs> I'm thinking about DC the go go line. it's called <laughs> front line in DC nah cause we got go go bands and we say front line go go back line. bands what's a go go so, band so, oh it's funny so yeah go go <laughs> music is uh, the music of DC so it's like live music where they got the drums they got instruments but they'll like 
do like songs and maybe on the radio. And then I also make up their own songs as well. Oh, okay. But they but, do play uh, it Yeah, Wale has sampled some go-go songs and some of his songs, mm-hmm. like Nash, because he's in D.C. So, okay. yeah, but uh, Second Line, for sure. Like, talk about that music. Like, where did um, that come from? Second Line? Where does it come from? I don't even know. Where does Second Line music come from? I don't know, but it's basically um, like a brass band, basically, but with a New Orleans twist to it. Um, we have trumpets and trombones, and the uh, tuba is a really important instrument. Um, the drums, uh, the trumpet. What else? What else? I say the tuba. Uh, and that's it. It's it's really small, but it's almost like a crowd that follows behind the band. It's a Indian type of dance that they do. Whenever they play, we have the tribes that precede the bands and stuff, and they have their own music to dance to with the bands. So it's just um, I didn't realize how cultural that was until now. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's normal for me, but yeah. nobody else ain't got that. And I see when I see other cities doing it, and I be like, what is they doing? Like trying to do a yeah, yeah. like a second line. I be like, yeah, it's not as good as ours. So. It's just got the sauce. We got the yeah. sauce. <laughs> yeah, like you said, nobody else got it. So nobody else also has your accent. <laughs> uh, you know, talk about the the, the, the background of your accent. Cause I feel like, you know, when I asked you about it, you gave me an answer that I never heard. It's more of a deeper uh, historic, you know, connection to it. Yeah, so um, New Orleans was a very popular port um, for a lot of people to come to. When they came over, but gen- for the for the just to sum it all down, um, the New Orleans accent is just the elongated version of an Irish accent. So our accent is derived, you know. There's there's Cajun. Cajun is the French, but the like my accent, you can trace it back to the Irish. You know, they got the French, they got the Spanish and stuff. But that's like with the Bayou and the Cajun people. But if you go like a lot of black people have like an elongated Irish southern draw instead of like the southern draw from Virginia and stuff it's a elongated Irish accent and if you it's also um linked to New York too because they had a lot of Irish people in New York so Mm, our accent we could sometimes sound like New Yorkers if we tweak certain words and stuff to it but it's an elongated Irish accent yeah with a kind of like a southern draw to it but they also got Cajun, you know, the Cajun accent and stuff, the Bayou mm-hmm. accent. <laughs> but that's not really New really Orleans. New yeah. Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, you know, uh, being from New Orleans, outside of the culture, outside of, like you said, some of the negative raps, music, all that, <laughs> uh, one thing New Orleans is definitely, uh, you know, known for, have became known for the country is, uh, unfortunately, during the Hurricane Katrina. And um, <coughs> I know you were there um, during that time. Um, talk about you know, your experience of surviving and going through that. And like you said, you never leave in your city, so you seem to go through the good, the bad. Oh, I'm going to leave for Hurricane Nancy. I was yeah, gonna yeah. I just, I'm going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I would never stay for a hurricane again. And I ain't, stay, I ain't stupid now. I'm going to leave. Nah, I'm, I'm just going to come back. Nah, back. But no, nah, no, nah, I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. I'm saying, like, he was dead through it and after Katrina. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but, but being from there, like, and, you know, we just know we saw the news. Walk us through <laughs> your experience through Hurricane Katrina. Oh, okay. <laughs> we was, you know, let's just, let's just say this. Before Hurricane Katrina, nobody never used to leave the city. When they would say hurricane, a hurricane coming, it would just be bunker down, get to higher ground. 
nobody never would really evacuate, right? So when Katrina came, after Katrina, we that's when we kind of started getting more into evacuating. But, you know, this is before we started getting into the habit of evac- evacuating. People would just bunker down, so not many of us left. So I stayed, I was with my mom. We stayed in the... um. The Arborville project <clears throat> and it's higher ground. Like when you go in the project, the projects are built, you know, from bricks and stuff. You, it's hard to tear down through. It could withstand a hurricane, basically. So we stayed in the Arborville project with one of my mama's friends, and it was just like a gathering on some stuff. It wasn't even. I don't think nobody even really took it that serious. Mm-hmm. Almost, it was more like we just gonna go stay where they got other people at, you know, just in case something happened. But we was having a grand time, like <laughs> before the hurricane. Now, the night of the hurricane, you know, once they hit or whatever, it wasn't that bad. It was just, you know, a lot of rain and stuff. Then the next day, which was, um, I'm going to say the next night, because we, we was outside playing the next day. As kids, we out playing and stuff. That next night is when the water came, and that's when the problem started to happen. We didn't have no lights, but that was to be expected. But the next night, the water was to the roof, like the second floor of the building. We had to, you know, float the kids in swimming pools and stuff and walk. But before that even happened, before the water even got too high, they was looting and stuff off Canal Street. You know, everybody had like fresh tenders and stuff. So it wasn't even that bad when the water came. But once it got higher, <laughs> it was like, hold up, we got to get the fuck. <laughs> and then that's when we kind of start going into... Um, they started sending people with the boats and we got picked up by one of the boats that brought us to the Superdome. Um, my mama was like, we wasn't standing in the Superdome cause they had too much going on up in there. They had raping and people was dying. They had no lights. You couldn't see. They had no water, no sewage or nothing. So we ain't going to Superdome. Right across the street <clears throat> from the Superdome is a Greyhound bus station. And they had like a parking lot. So, uh, one of the guys that we was with, my mama friend, boyfriend, I want to say, we wind up, he ended up hot wiring the astral van and then we got out and went to Baton Rouge. Mm. And that's what we found. That's what my mama boyfriend at the time found us in Baton Rouge and he came and got us. And the way you just described it, it just sounded so normal and regular. Like, so. I don't, it's, you know, prior what? to Katrina, it's like, not traumatic to me anymore because yeah. it's been so long, right, you know right. what I'm saying? So it's just like another story to tell. I know they keep liking to keep replaying it and replaying it. Oh, it's the 20th year, oh, it's the 19th, the 22nd year, like, but it's like, all right, it's over. So, what was <laughs> yeah. your initial feelings walking away from it, you know, before being old? Like, what was you angry? Was you mad? Was you upset? Was you shocked? What was your like? I was probably shocked. I wasn't mad or nothing, but mm-hmm. well, you can mean as not, as I'm now or was I when I was a kid? Like as a kid, like when it just as was, a kid, I was yeah. just shocked. Like it was like this is crazy because <laughs> like you can see everything underwater. You I never seen nothing like that. Like it w- it was traumatic as a child because I'm like, how they gonna get the water? You know, I'm not understanding how you know we was gonna ever be able to get back or you know I didn't really I couldn't even really fathom how many people had died like. We didn't have no lights. They had helicopters everywhere. And they literally had people on roofs just sitting on their roof having to wait and hope somebody comes and sees them. And then if they don't, like, when the lights go out, it's pitch black. So now I'm on the roof with nothing. I, all I got is my voice. Like, you can't really hear nothing. So it was just like, I'm not, I couldn't understand the totality of it until we got somewhere and was able to watch it on the news with everybody else. So it was kind of just, I was just shocked. But as I started learning about 
the different situations that happened or that could have happened, like them blowing the levees and stuff, it made me kind of mad because if my mama had made the decision to bring us to the Iberville project, <clears throat> the house that we were staying in, we would have been underwater. And it's me and my mom and all three of my brothers, like just us, like nobody else. So had she not made the decision to, you know, bring us by her friend house, we could have probably most likely drowned, like, being kids. It was, it's just my little bitty old mama because she's small as hell, and then us three, like, nothing else. So I started to get mad once I found out, you know, they most likely blew the levees and it wasn't no mistake and all this. It wasn't even a hurricane. So that brought out a different side. Like, you know what? Can't stand these white people. <laughs> so it's just different emotions as you get older. But now I'm at the point of, like, Okay, it's over with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, it's yeah, facts. And, um, it's, it's over with. Did, did you but lose any family members to the crime? No, I didn't. I didn't lose no family members. Nice. Yeah. My grandmother actually ended up, she left. Okay. So, yeah, that was a whole different thing trying to, for her trying to find us <clears throat> once we left. She was driving back and forth between all of the shelters, which was like the Astrodome and uh, what's the one that's in Atlanta? Um, they got the one that's in Atlanta, <clears throat> the Astro Dome, the Super Dome, and all the other shelters they had set up around. But we was we wasn't in none of them. So when she finally found us, then you know it was a little bit of relief because at least we got some money now. Because <laughs> we yeah. had nothing like yeah. none but the clothes on our backs and fresh pair of shoes that we got out of the Foot Locker that we had sold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing. We have nothing. Everything was gone. Like everything. But what I would say is, um. People say, you know, we it was a struggle, whatever. I would say, I guess by that being like one of the first real big disasters that we had, the financial, the finances that they poured into, like us being refugees and stuff, I felt like it was very plentiful for a lot of people. And the way that they was trying to help everybody, like with the FEMA checks and with the FEMA trailers, if you want to come home with the food stamps, with the grants and everything. It was money going around everywhere at that time. So, yeah, once they started doing that, I kind of felt like it started to feel like it was a little bit more stable. But once you got home, they didn't get nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, but, yeah. yeah, we had, like, free housing in uh, Texas, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I heard about a lot of people that moved to Texas. Yeah, we was in Texas. That's How was the, uh, you know, recovery process for the city? I must say, because, you know, we seen it on the news, <coughs> it just looked like, geez, that's dumb. Ghost town. We it know was the city got back. But how, how was it for, was it a couple of years? Was it like, when did you feel like, all right, stuff back normal, the tourism back? Um, that's a good question. Well, Cause speaking we, of that, did the tourism area get impacted? Mm, no, not really. No, because okay. the tourism part that you know, a lot of the people come down to see is like the French quarters and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't get impacted. Probably like some wind damage or something, but they didn't get like the water or nothing like everywhere else got. No, <clears throat> but the recovery period, to be honest, I really don't remember. It just kind of was like this is the new norm, I guess, because we came back as soon as they opened the city back up. Like we can't, we was, you know, once it was open to people who were, who wasn't homeowners, like I was able to go back and see because my grandmother had owned multiple homes. So she was able to go back and be there, but everybody else couldn't come back. But when they opened the city, we was, you know, my mom couldn't wait to go back, you know, to, to New Orleans. I wouldn't say, it took a lot of time for the infrastructure probably like getting everything rebuilt. But as far as the culture coming back, 
once everybody started coming back, it was like, all right, the corner's still open. Okay, this is open. All right, we back to having second lines. Or we back to having gatherings. That didn't take long at all. So it kind of helped the city kind of heal a little bit faster, I want to say, because it wasn't down long as far as the the cultural aspect. Now, the build, rebuilding took some time, but as far as everybody just acting like nothing that happened, child <laughs> they don't be can <laughs> yeah, yeah once they said we could come back we was back home yeah you talking <laughs> about the cultural aspect um i gotta ask you know they talk about the spiritual and different aspects of things going on Orleans. what's some of the the, the the like the the i guess if it's a not really a rumor or just the the, the sayings and the goings when it comes <laughs> to like stuff it deals with like the voodoo and all that type of stuff down there <laughs> Child, I'm not into none of that. I couldn't yeah. tell you. That, that, that's some French Quarter tourism type stuff. But <laughs> yeah, that's that comes from, you know, the Bayou type stuff. When when a lot so, of people so live keep, in the Bayou. You keep saying the Bayou, the Bayou. What's the <clears> difference <throat> between the Bayou and the other parts of New Orleans? Like so, this? all right, like we talking plantation times, right? A lot mm-hmm. of those plantations was like. Or like up in you know northern Louisiana and stuff, and and you know New Orleans is a swamp. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff before they cleared it out and made it into like a city and stuff was like the bayou. It's mm-hmm. old. That's old time though, like the plantation type stuff with the voodoo, and that's how they get people to come. You know, tourists with the read your hand and all that. Now nah, voodoo. It it's real. It's real down here. Yeah, it's real. Point. I ain't yeah. saying it ain't real. It's real down here. Yeah, but yeah, that. voodoo is real because voodoo comes from Africa, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the African thing. So you're gonna you're gonna see voodoo a lot of places. But it Louisiana was a heavy slave state, so voodoo is kind of heavy down here in the southern states because it's plantations everywhere, and our witchcraft people that we you know they brought over which. I wouldn't even say it was just the way that they practice. It's a different type of spirituality. You know, we call it voodoo now and witchcraft, but it was really just spirituality on some stuff, which turned into now it's a tourism thing, and we call it voodoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now you yeah. was raised in a church, right? Yes, I was. What, 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 what uh, Christian? Christian? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Was it not Baptist? Um, it was, I was whatever my grandma was at the time. Yeah. So she was <laughs> she was grandma. Baptist, and then um she turned uh apostolic. Okay, so, well, it's, it's about the same thing. Yeah, same thing. apostolic. That's where I grew up. Uh, yeah, apostolic. Yeah, mm. we was Baptist and then apostolic. Yeah. Apostolic. They 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 walk the line. You know? Yeah, they you can't wear pants. Like yeah, all music is devil music and. Um, the pants thing. My mom used to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, so you a dude. See, running as a girl in there. Yeah, she 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 couldn't wear pants. <laughs> Nowadays, she like it's over. It's, yeah, that's yeah. Like, oh, I was like, I'm not coming over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. Home. Look, I don't go need that. Go forgive me, but I I ain't going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but apostolic and baby is about the same yeah, thing. Good times, yeah. good times. Yeah, it's good. It was good times. It was good times, but. It, it could be it could be a kind of a burden too. Yeah, it depends on how you look at the approach. Yeah, yeah. Come with a, uh, because it's rules. Like it's it's yeah. not a fluid type of thing. It's you must do this and you can't it's do that. It's a different that. type of rules compared yeah. to other churches too. Because some yeah. churches are like, oh, it's rules. <laughs> this is like. You know, I think the whole pants thing is what just turned me off from because I'm like, <laughs> bro, I don't want to wear pants. I'm gonna say skirt. Like, and then you it, the skirt has to be like either past your knees or all the way to the ground. Like, to the ankles. I'm looking like an old lady. 
everywhere I go, it's like mm, no earrings. No, yes, you can't no wear jewelry. You can't wear jewelry. You can't do a lot of stuff. And I get no more grandma. Nothing tight. None of that. Yeah, not, nothing, nothing, nothing fun. And they had to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and then sometimes on Saturday. Friday, like. Friday, <laughs> Friday night service was a Bible study Sunday church. Yeah, <laughs> my grandma used to drag me to all. I know that evening service used to be just like you'd be like, "Dang, we gotta leave and come back." <laughs> Cause it's like you go home and we eat. We have to rush eating. Let all me that. tell you though, know, I'm just so greedy because I used to be like, right, at least we get to go eat after we leave. And then nah, the whole bro. time I'm in church, part. the whole time I'm in church, I'm like, it's time to go eat it. Like I used to hate when they like drag it out and you know, come yeah. on, I'm ready to go. We, it's hungry nah, time. Yeah. But but there used to be some pastors. You'd be like, hype. We'd be like, dang, he could preach, and they'd be quick. <laughs> You had a certain guest class. We used to have like our ministers. We'd be like, oh, set us up today. Like, we out this running at 12, 15, bro. It's regular yep. past today. We leave this running at 2. For what? Does the Maybe children's three. Bible school? Like, what's the day? Oh, this first Sunday with communion, all that's over. Yeah. Kiss the game. Everybody. We get home at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Home at four. Well, when I was able to drive myself, child, I was going lesson, 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 lesson. Like, oh, come on, I got something to do. <laughs> Yeah, but that yeah. time it's, home, it's, it's, it's a good morals. time though. Yeah, it's it's morals. You know, yeah. ain't nothing but a moral type of thing. People yeah. choose how they want to live in their morals. Yeah. Choose to do my damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your morals, like what's 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 life for you now? Like in New Orleans, now you're an adult, post Katrina, you there, you say I'm never leaving, I love it here, your family, there, you love the culture. I'm what's never your, leaving, but what's your daily like? You know, what, what you like to get into in your city? Um, listen, I love a good second line on a Sunday. Um, you know, we we got games and stuff, but I'm not really a real, I don't really watch football games. But just being outside, like, you could literally go out somewhere and there's people there. Like, mm-hmm. you could go hang on a lake. There's people there. Like, there's always somewhere where there's a gathering or something. You never really have to feel alone in New Orleans. Always something going on. Even if it's just people sitting on the neutral ground. Just under the tree talking, running, just running into each other. You can always find something or somebody to talk to. Like, you know, they might be on drugs or something, but that's all right. That's all right. It's always something going on, you know. But then that, I'd be like, I be want to stay inside because it's too much crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get caught jacked. Yeah, we've been the crime. Crime yeah. up everywhere around the country. It's yeah. Crazy, like post-COVID, but that's just. Now we number one, though. We taking the number one spot right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Man. You know, Call jacking, breaking in people's windows and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's small. Like, what's the population of all of that? Wow. I don't even know. I see the same five people every day, so probably five. <laughs> <laughs> I see the same job every day. 391,000. That that's Orleans? small. Yeah, that's super small. Yeah, we have a small city. Our yeah. city's not small. That's like, I mean, it's not big at all. That, that's a different type. Yeah, it's not big at all. Some cities like five hundred, like three hundred. That ain't nothing, especially in. I hope no doesn't get that big because that was in a town that's big. divided with race and stuff, and like it's even more small depending on where you growing about. You just on your side of town. Yeah. So imagine how much smaller that feels. Yeah, them white folks coming out from everywhere. They making it more smaller. <laughs> yeah. Cause old old hoods are not the hoods that they was before. So yeah. it's a lot of gentrification going on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we wanted. 
we was one of the cheapest places to live. We're not I remember, yeah, I yeah we like was very decent. Year, it was like nine forty. For yeah, it's very decent. Now everything is like, just like being 12, hiked up. Yeah. yeah, like hold up, we don't live in Los so. Angeles. Y'all gotta chill out with that shit. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, wild. it's crazy. Everything is was, being. Hyped how was the COVID experience? I know was people taking a serious mass step and stuff. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I worked the whole COVID, so it, I don't know. <laughs> For me, it was different because I wasn't inside. I mm-hmm. I literally worked the normal shifts every day. I didn't see nothing. Only thing was you couldn't really go nowhere. But yeah, people were staying inside for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I did catch it like three times though, but oh, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I did kept catching it, but I wasn't in. I was. I go to that festival. No, that's me saying it ain't nothing. Y'all yeah. gonna be all right. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, I got the COVID again. <laughs> no, no, no. Facts, facts, facts. So what's what's something you working on right now, like personal outside of work? You got any business, any goals, any personal um, aspirations? My like just a real personal thing is not really a goal. I just want to increase my vibration for myself. That's it's, that's not even a worldly thing. Just to I want to increase my internal vibration to put out better energy into the world. So that's just my per, like really personal goal. Material things. That's that come and go. So I'm not. I don't really have too many goals for material wise, but just becoming a better version of myself, and just being able to think higher and vibrate higher, and be able to understand everybody on the planet better, and understand every situation up, you know, through different things better is my ultimate goal. Like just a stress free, drama free, um, anxiety free. Free living, just a free mind, happy all the time, go lucky person. That's that's what I'm striving for. That's my personal, you know, thing I'm working on, which comes with being just being under, being able to understand other people and other people's energy at the moment and their vibration at the moment. So, yeah, that's about it. Absolutely, <laughs> no, no, no. You wrap that up very nice. Um, so definitely, I uh, appreciate you coming here on the show, Drinking by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm sharing your story. And I ask every guest that comes on here, what is an Any Means moment for them? And an Any Means moment pretty much is like a moment where you might have had your back against the wall or a moment where you might have set a goal out and you went through every step of accomplishment. Just a moment where you came out on top. And it can be anything. It can be a goal, mm. you got a job, you got a raise, promotion, whatever. To be honest, I ain't have no whole life. <laughs> Not to say it like good. that. I I just don't see situations as drastic enough to be like, oh, I was having my back against the wall. Tomorrow you ain't had no whole life. You ain't survived Hurricane Katrina. I mean, but that was There's something going on there. <laughs> that wasn't. That Jeez, wasn't that's wasn't hard enough. I ain't gonna lie. I would. See, I'd I have been. Yeah, people people had the things different. I didn't take it personal. I didn't take beefing. it personal. Like it was just damn, that's fucked up. Like yeah. when we going back home though. <laughs> yeah. But like, um I don't know. I don't have like a moment where I was just like, Oh, this is the worst moment of my life. I don't know. Well, what I'm gonna say for you, Amy's <laughs> moment was Got, that was an enemies moment. I ain't got to my enemies moment yet. Let me tell you what my enemies enemies by what enemies Eni- moment. Enemies moment is gonna be when I'm able to just be the best version of myself. Mm. I haven't made it to that yet, mm-hmm. that discipline yet. So, well, man, I just was eating chips. I'm not gonna be eating chips. So that's yeah. like I'm gotta stop that. So yeah, enemies yeah. necessary will be to stick into my diet, stick into 
the code. My, you know, my <laughs> spiritual journey that I'm on. Everything yeah. else don't matter to me, honestly. It don't matter. Like I, I just want to learn and grow, learn and grow. Learn and grow. That's the way. Unlearn the shit that's been taught, and relearn the positive shit. Like that's all. That's that's my by any means. No I'm question. gonna be vibrating at top vibration by any means. You for sure, for sure. <laughs> Appreciate now. Nah, that's facts, man. And I'm gonna vibrate some gumbo when I get back to the Nolan <laughs> that's November. Gonna your, that's gonna lower your vibes. <laughs> <laughs> too much, got, they got too much going on. It'd be good though. It'd be good, but it just ain't good healthy. <laughs> you know what <laughs> Hey, YOLO. <laughs> they say, but now nah, for real, thank you for coming on the show. Always welcome to come back. And um, yeah, definitely, we're gonna chop it up and do this again. So appreciate you and shout out to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.